0: Well, hello, uh, One Hope. It is so good to be with you today. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ruben. Uh, I go to church down in Geelong. I'm also a student at RTC. Um, I've enjoyed meeting with you guys a number of times over the years, uh, bringing God's word to you and worshiping with you. It's a real pity that I can't be with you in person today, but obviously we live in strange times. Nonetheless, it's great that we can open up God's word together today. And we're going to continue in your series uh, through psalms. And today, I'd love us to look at Psalm 29 together. Uh, let's, Let's read Psalm 29. A Psalm of David. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf in Syrian, like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood the Lord sits enthroned as king forever may the Lord give strength to his people may the Lord bless his people with peace would you pray with me uh, before we look at this together God we thank you for your word and we thank you especially for the Psalms which are so Realistic about the world that we live in and the struggles that we face. And we thank you for Psalm 29 today that we can open up together. Lord, speak to us through this, we pray. Uh, we ask that we would hear your voice uh, and that you would grow us and encourage us and show us yourself in all of your glory. Uh, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know if you heard uh, last week uh, a tunnel at Sydney Airport collapsed, uh, a man was killed. Um, it sounded like a pretty horrible situation and I noticed some of the news headlines were describing the situation as, as commuter chaos. Uh, meanwhile in America Bill Clinton has recently come out and and said of President Trump's Oval Office uh, that it is a place of chaos. and. Of course, we also know that in America, many are talking about the social chaos caused by racism and rioting. It seems like everywhere we look at the moment, uh, journalists and economists and politicians are using the word chaos to describe the world around us. And perhaps more than anything else, (laughs) the COVID pandemic has caused untold chaos in the world. And yet that chaos is also much closer to home, isn't it? Uh, my wife, Shan and I, we've been thinking about this quite a lot recently. Honestly, we just, we've just looked at each other at times and, and laughed at how crazy uh, the year 2020 has been. We realized that in the space of, of three months, uh, our family had a wedding, a funeral, and a birth, uh, all in three months, all during a global pandemic. And if you, if you told us that that was going to happen this time last year, it would have seemed ridiculous. And yet, I know that so many of you are in similar positions. And it's easy to feel like life is chaotic and uncertain, isn't it? Dealing with isolation. Moving church and work and school, online. Struggling to find work, perhaps. Uncertainty about what the future holds. Family pressures, financial pressures, health concerns. Chaos, is a pretty good word to describe all of this, isn't it? It's easy to feel like life isn't going as planned. It almost certainly isn't. And that can be scary. Which is why I think it's important that we look at Psalm 29 together today. Because this Psalm talks about chaos. It talks about a world that is heaving and messy and broken and it gives us a way to think about life in the world right now. And I think that's what we need, isn't it? We need a way to think and process and understand everything that's going on around us. You know, Maybe you're new to church today. Maybe you're just checking it out. Maybe uh, you've been noticing in the news recently that the word chaos is just appearing again and again, and you're you're starting to think something really does seem to be wrong. and, And I'd love to know how to make sense of it all. And if that's how are you feeling? I'm so glad you've tuned in today. Welcome. Uh, it is great that you're with us. Uh, I hope that Psalm 29 is going to help us uh, think about this together. So let's jump in. Let's have a look at it. Let's open up Psalm 29. As the curtain pulls open and reveals the first scene, we find ourselves in heaven. Uh, read verse 1 there. A scribe To the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. This is a a glorious angelic opening scene where God, the Lord, Yahweh, is seated in heaven, uh, being worshipped and praised and adored. He's surrounded by angels who are ascribing, which means giving, giving to God the glory he deserves. In verse 1, they praise him for his his glory and for his strength. In verse 2, they praise him for his great name and for the splendor of his holiness. But that's not where the psalm ends. In verse 3, the camera starts to zoom out. It cuts to an aerial drone shot. And suddenly we're looking down on the earth, we're looking down on humanity, and it is absolute chaos. Verse 3 talks about the waters, many waters. The same idea as down the end in verse 10 talks about the flood. Something terrible is happening on the earth. In verse 5, The magnificent cedars of Lebanon are breaking and snapping like matchsticks. Uh, I don't know if you've been down to the Otways, down the Great Ocean Road, uh, and seen these trees, these Californian redwoods. The trunks are so enormous that you can't wrap your arms around them, and they stretch up so high that it hurts your neck just to look. And trees like this are falling like dominoes. Verse 7, there are... Flames of fire, like flashes of lightning. Verse 8, the wilderness is shaking. The whole scene is like something out of the apocalypse, you know. It feels like something you'd see in a movie where people are running down the middle of a street in New York and there's holes opening up in the ground and cars smashing and skyscrapers falling. In this psalm, the earth is shaking and breaking and tearing at the seams. And it looks like absolute chaos. And actually the Bible tells us that chaos is in many ways the story of our world. It's a story that begins all the way back in Genesis 1 where we find a world that is empty. We're told that the earth was without form and and void and there's darkness and a great mass of unformed water. And actually all of those... Things are kind of Bible language for this idea of, of chaos. Chaos in the Bible is often symbolized by uncontrolled water and sea and by things that are wild and formless and raw. But then hovering over the water in Genesis 1 is God's spirit. You see, God is doing something in the chaos. God raises his voice. And just by speaking, he turns chaos into cosmos. Cosmos, you know, world, life, order, beauty. He's a God who is powerful over chaos. And then he makes people and he puts them in this beautiful garden, vibrant and manicured. And and he gives people the job of caring for the cosmos, of working in it, of preserving it and, and of holding back the chaos. But the story of sin in the Bible is a story of humans choosing chaos instead of God's cosmos. Instead of living with the God who controls chaos and creates life, humans listen to the evil one who loves chaos and brings death. And so the world is plunged into darkness again. Except unlike that darkness we saw the first time, this is a darkness and a chaos of evil and it overtakes the world, and it affects everything. The ground is cursed. Work becomes an endless struggle to try and stop the chaos overwhelming us. You know, there's weeds in the veggie garden, there's endless emails in your inbox, and endless dishes on the bench. Our lives become a fight for survival, and there's there's selfishness, and there's lawlessness, and, and relationships start to fall apart, and, And there are strained marriages and we see a brother murdering another brother. And and this once beautiful cosmos is ruined by disease and death and natural disasters and social disasters. And ultimately, ultimately all of this chaos comes because we've cut ourselves off from the God who controls the chaos. From the God who brings order and beauty and life just by speaking. We've cut ourselves off from our loving, caring God. And so humanity is thrown out of the garden into the mayhem of the world. And that is the world that we still find ourselves living in today, isn't it? We see it in wars, in slavery, in persecution, in racism. We see it in the swollen bellies of malnourished children. We see it in refugees piled onto boats, fleeing terrible hardships. We see it in violent drug cartels, in terrorism, in rape and abuse. We see it in disease and pandemic and death, and we feel it in our minds and our hearts and the darkness and the confusion and the despair. And so when Psalm 29 speaks of many waters of flood, of thunder, of disaster, we see a picture of our world. But that's not all. Look again at verse 3. Look at who is over the waters. Verse 3. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over many waters. Who is it in the psalm who's thundering? It's God. He's called the God of glory. Who breaks those cedars in verse 5? The voice of the Lord. What causes the lightning in verse 7? It's the voice of the Lord. What causes the wilderness to shake in verse 8? It's the voice of the Lord. Do you see the significance of this? The chaos may look hopeless and impossible, but actually God is over the chaos. That's the first thing I want us to see today. God is over the chaos that God who we met at the beginning of the story, who was hovering over the waters, who's, who spoke and turned the chaos into cosmos, this God is still at work in the world today, still speaking, still acting. Verse 4 says that his voice is powerful and full of majesty. Verse 10 says the Lord sits enthroned over the flood, enthroned as king forever. The amazing message of the Bible is that the God who we turned away from, who we offended by trashing his world, he has not left us. God is still ruling over the chaos. He hasn't gone on holiday. He hasn't thrown the world in the bin and started a new project. No, the Lord sits enthroned. And remember, we saw that. We saw that at the start of the psalm, where God was in heaven, ruling in glory and strength, being praised. Because unlike everything chaotic and corrupt around him, God is holy. God is is perfect. He's order. He's beauty. He's, He's still absolutely powerful in the chaos. He's powerful to control the chaos in your life. Did you notice seven times in the psalm, David uses the phrase, the voice of the Lord, Why do you think that is, the voice of the Lord? Well, I want you to imagine that you go to a gym, obviously this is not during lockdown, Uh, but you go to the gym and you see two guys, there lifting weights. Uh, You see a guy on the bench press, maybe he's got like 100 kilograms and he's straining and he's sweating and it's quite impressive and he manages to get the bar up. But then the guy next to him has the exact same amount of weight Except that this guy isn't even raising a sweat. He makes it look easy as pie. I think that's what David's getting at here. God isn't just powerful. He's so powerful that he doesn't raise a sweat. He just says a word. No effort, no exertion, just a whisper. Just a sound. And all of this makes us ask, how do we respond to a God like that? Verse 9, look at how the people respond. In his temple, all cry, glory. What else can you say but glory? When nothing escapes this God, when nothing can resist Him, when nothing is outside of His control, when the whole world is like putty in His hands and, and like a dandelion before the breath of His lungs. The God of the psalm is fierce and, and untamed. He's terrifying. He's glorious. It's fearsome, isn't it, to think that in all the chaos of 2020, you can hear God's voice and see His fingerprints. To think that he controls every drop of rain, every life, every virus with just his voice. This God is not cute. This God is not cuddly. You can't fool him or escape him or ignore him. You can't leash him or walk him or manipulate him. You can't give him anything that he needs. Remember we said at the start, we need some way to make sense of the chaos around us. Well, how does Psalm 29 help us do that? Well, David is saying here, this is not a time to freak out, to be anxious, to be afraid. No, actually, this is the time to worship God. David says, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Have you done that this week? In amongst it all, have you woken up and said, God, all glory to you. I acknowledge this morning that that you're in control and I'm not. I acknowledge this morning that with everything going on in my life, you're still good and you're still holy. You're still strong. You're still God. That's what Psalm 29 calls us to do. But maybe you're thinking, how can we actually do this? How are we meant to trust a God as fearsome and powerful as this? How can we have any confidence that he hears and cares for weak little humans like us? How do we know that he's not just in control over the chaos, but actually the one causing it all? Well, I think to answer that question, we need to look at the last verse of the psalm, verse 11. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. We've seen that God is over the chaos. Verse 10 tells us that. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. God is over the chaos. But in the very next verse, we find that God is not just over the chaos, but... He's in the chaos. We find God in the chaos. Or, or better put, in the chaos, God finds us. Remember the psalm began with angels in heaven singing glory to God. Now it ends with his people on earth receiving peace. Doesn't that remind you of the angels who appeared to the shepherds? And Remember what they sang. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in heaven and peace on earth. And kids, can you remember what the angels were singing about on that first Christmas when they came to the shepherds? What were they singing about? They were singing about a baby, weren't they? They were singing about Jesus. They were singing about the God of glory, who gave up his glory for us. There was this one time when Jesus was on a lake in the middle of a crazy storm. I mean, isn't that just Bible language for chaos? And then he cried out with his voice on that stormy lake in Galilee and creation recognized his voice. And it says there was a great calm. Creation recognized its creator, In that moment, walking on the earth that he had made, it was the God of glory who had come down and entered the chaos so that he could again turn chaos into cosmos. The God who uproots mighty cedars hangs on a tree, giving up his life so that bruised reeds like you and me might not be broken. The Son of God on the cross, not using His power to save Himself, but using it to wash away our sin and make us His people. We've talked quite a lot today about floods. And I think this reminds us of the great flood in Genesis 6. You see, after humanity was kicked out of the garden... The chaos and the evil in the world just spiraled down worse and worse and worse, out of control, until finally God, in His, in His grace, decided it was too much. He decided He would send a flood, a flood of judgment, perfect judgment, to clean the earth, to, to wash away all the chaos and evil. But if you remember the story, there was one man and his family who weren't destroyed in the flood. In fact, it was through the flood that God saved them. And isn't that what we need? We need saving from the chaos, saving from the flood, saving from the God who's so holy and majestic and awesome that we can't even stand in his presence. And that is why Jesus entered our world. And friends, on the cross, he took God's. Judgment on himself. And then with the power that first breathed life into our world, Jesus came back to life. And now he is the king. He's the one enthroned over the flood. He's the one turning chaos into cosmos, turning judgment into grace, turning death into life. He's at work in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. If you just trust in Jesus... You can wake every morning and say, I have peace in you. I have strength in you. And King Jesus is at work in this world. He's he's turning chaos. He's using chaos for good, for the good of his people. And he is the king who will one day come again and remake the entire world as it was ever meant to be and bring eternal peace. So, So how do we make sense of the chaos in the world around us? That's the question we've been asking today. Well, Psalm 29 shows us that God is over the chaos. He hasn't left. He's still in control, still sovereign, still powerful, even in the midst of the chaos. But Psalm 29 also shows us that God is in the chaos, that he's with his people that he's strengthening us. He's giving us the peace that comes only from knowing that he is our glorious God and we are his people and nothing can pluck us out of his hand. Last week, uh, we had a crazy storm in Geelong. Um, At one point, there was so much hail on the ground that it looked like it had snowed, it was just completely white. And in the midst of the hailstorm, I look out my window and I see these people walking down the footpath and and they were just copping it from these pelting balls of ice. And I felt terrible for them. I wanted to get their attention and say, come inside and take shelter. Because isn't it good to be safe inside? Isn't it nice maybe to just lie in bed on a cold stormy night? tucked up, warm, and just listening to the rain pelting on the roof and the wind howling outside, knowing that you're safe. Friends, if you put your trust in Jesus today, and I know many of you already have, you can experience that kind of safety and peace, even in the midst of COVID, in the midst of unemployment of doing school at home, of not knowing what next year is going to hold. If you trust in Jesus, then the God of glory is protecting you. You might still be surrounded by chaos, but you've given your life to the God who controls the chaos. For some of us today, we might need to be reminded that God is is over the chaos. Maybe we need to be reminded of how big he is how glorious he is, how fearsome, how sovereign. Maybe in the midst of everything going on around you, you actually need to fall on your knees and cry glory to stop trying to control the chaos yourself and to worship the God who does control it. For others of us, the psalm might be a great encouragement that in Jesus, King Jesus, we find strength and peace, We find shelter from the storm. We find comfort that when we trust in King Jesus, nothing can harm us. Let's pray to him now. Lord Jesus, we are so encouraged that you are King, that you are enthroned over the flood, that with all the, the chaos and mess and the upheaval in our world, that you are King. And you are a king who has, has saved us and rescued us and brought us peace and life. And you've done that by coming into the chaos and you know what it's like to live in this world. You've experienced the pain and you've done it for us. And you have the power, Lord, to rise from the dead and to reign in heaven. And we praise you, Lord Jesus. We give you glory. We ascribe to you glory and strength because you are what we are not. You have done what we can't. You are everything that we need. And this morning again, we give ourselves to you. We put our trust in you. We say, Lord Jesus, we need you. And we thank you that you are our king. And we pray, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Please turn again our world from chaos to cosmos, from death to life please bring that wonderful eternal peace of a new heavens and a new earth and an eternity spent with you. Amen.